Are we living the most real life possible? I ask myself this question all the time. Most of the time, the answer is, I just don't know. Sometimes the answer is, definitely not. This is why I have this podcast. I'm Matt Botker, and welcome to the show. Before we get started, just three small things. First, please, please leave a review where all reviews are accepted, like Apple Podcasts. It's the main way by which this podcast gets into the hands of other people. Second, please consider supporting Living the Real through a small recurring donation at patreon.com slash LTR or a one-time donation through Venmo or PayPal, all in the show notes. Third and last, please visit livingthereal.com and sign up for my newsletter where you'll get updates on future resources like upcoming blogs, YouTube channels, guest appearances, and exclusive content on my Living the Real method. Okay, on with the show. All right, and welcome to episode nine of Living the Real. So I have a story that I want to share. So I was, you know, with the past couple of weeks, we have been, or the past couple episodes, we've been having a couple of guests on, Dr. Mark Kistler, Dr. Stephen Kistler, who I work with on another podcast on pandemic, and brought them in to ask the questions about what it means for them to live the real. I thought it was really beneficial. I hope it was beneficial for you. One of these episodes I've been waiting to release is if you haven't known already, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, Living the Real, welcome. Stay with us. It's a great journey. This is the best thing that you could do for yourself is to try to live the most real life possible because the temptation is not to do that. So over the course of my years, I developed a 3M framework that really has grounded me in helping to live the most real life possible. Now, I know people who are my friends might be listening to this, my family members. I don't do it all the time. And I do it when I fail at this framework. When I don't take care of myself, do what is most important, I drop so many areas of my life and I don't live the real life. I'm not connected. I'm disengaged. I'm not even dealing with the things in front of me. I'm dealing with things that are in my head. And so this framework has helped me tremendously. I've adopted clients and took them on and has changed their life as well. So I'm bringing it out into the world. This 3M framework to live the most real life is all about the three big M's. And that is the margin in your life, that space to breathe, to know who you are, right? That to the practical margin in your life, all those things, your finances, your relationships, that uh, gap between the the, the, lo- the load and the limit of your life, right? When they're at the same level, when, you're, when your load and your limit and your finances are the same, you are stressed. You don't have the margin. So there's the, the ordered life within, right? And then there's the practical, but then there's momentum, the second M, which is all about moving the needle forward in your life. How many of us get stuck we find ourselves three years later and we're doing the same dang thing and there's not, there's nothing there's nothing to really account for for our life. We're still ordering groceries, doing laundry, and that's about it. So momentum is a very strategic and, and straightforward and guide you along the pathway to make some really strong progress in your life, no matter your situation. I get it. People are busy and busy is like the, I think for me, the biggest curse word of all because busy just means your life is out of control. How do you get control of your life? And I have a very unique way of what it means to really bring control in your life, which is a kind of an ironic way. It's all through this lens of moving this framework of this idea of how can I hold on tightly to something that's control to actually learning how to let go and to discover life and not to determine life. And that's the overarching purpose of all of this, whether it's margin, momentum, or the third one, maintenance, which is today. 
how do we maintain our dang life? And I say this for the last one because a lot of you think maintenance, I am clicking off on this thing. Maintenance is boring as heck, but let me tell you that like maintenance is probably one of the most important things in your life because if you do not have a system to maintain your life, then I know what you're feeling right now because I felt it. I see it around me. If you don't have a system to maintain your life, then everything feels like a momentum. Everything feels like, how many of you, how many of you feel as if right now your life is a huge mountain to climb everywhere? No matter what you look, finances suck, relationships suck, job sucks, right? Everything becomes this enormous mountain to climb up because, right, at least, at least partially, if not all of it, is because you failed to put in a system of maintenance. How many of us in college, right, did all-nighters to get something done? And then the sacrifice was fatigue, drain, too many Mountain Dews that made your, your throat sore. I know that by personal firsthand experience to keep you awake. And now you pushed it to the point now you have sleep and nutrition and all this as now a momentum. You're fatigued. You can't even get through the rest of the day. A huge sacrifice. So why am I talking about this today? Well, it comes from a story. Just recently, someone from our LTR family. So I really think those of you who are listening, we're part of the LTR family. We're trying to live the most real life. We're doing whatever we can. We're finding it difficult in at least one area of our life to get some traction, to be ourselves and to put our best foot forward. And so we're listening to this and we're part of this family because we're taking life seriously. So, and I think the best way to say is the LTR family, because in this, it's not just a group of people to hang out. It requires vulnerability. And uh, the ideal family provides that atmosphere. So I can hope I can provide that for you and a group. I'll be opening a Facebook group soon just so that we can have a community to, to chat about what it means for us in a particular way to live this real life. So I had one of our members from the LTR family email me talking and thank me for the podcast and mention me how this idea this phrase living the real resonated so deeply with him that it was one of his parts of his, his of his recent reflection that caused him to do something great and i i resonate greatly with this man because he talked about how for years he has a tendency to basically just allow people to drift off in relationships if things get difficult he just lets them go instead of addressing it and that's the kind of the avoidant mentality. And I, I have a tendency to be that kind of person. I am an avoidant by nature or by nurture. <laughs> I don't know. And so I avoid things. And here's, so where does maintenance come in? Well, it's like a snowball, right? You get a cute little snowball. We're out on the mountains in, in, uh, in Colorado in some winter day. I'm with my boys and we get a little snowball and it's cute and it's rolling down the mountain. And as it begins to roll, my boy, even my two-year-old can stop it with his finger, But then after a little while, that snowball begins to gain more and more snow. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where it's so big that if one of my boys gets in front of it, they will become part of the snowball and will plummet down the mountain, right? So maintenance is about keeping our snowballs small, right? It is, it is in my best interest, and I, this is a huge reflection, for me to be able to like see a conflict in my life and immediately address it, maintain it, maintain it so that it doesn't become this overwhelming thing, oftentimes in our mind and not in reality. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then what, what happens to me? There's more aversion, 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 not to engage it until I completely disengage and act as if it doesn't even exist. What harm? We're made for connection. 
So he talked about this and how he has now engaged some relationships from years past and has called them up to really just talk about the elephant in the room. And, and he was surprised on how generous, how authentic, and how healing it was. And he's, a, he's on a roll. So you know who you are. You are inspiring. Keep on doing the hard work. This is why I have this episode right now, to talk about how on earth do we maintain our life. And I can't talk about all of it. I have an entire system that can help you through this. But I want to hit a few highlights about this. So why? Why do we want to focus on maintenance? I just told you, right? Because if you do not maintain your life, you will soon find your life being one long series of momentums. How many of you have felt that? Raise your hand to yourself. I sure have. Totally. Where I feel as if I am just not maintaining my life, for example, I've been trying to move the needle forward on living the real. My work is, is really revving up. I have a bunch of things on the side that I'm working on. And so what is being sacrificed right now? Honestly, my health. My health. So I do not have, quote, time to exercise. And when you don't have time to exercise, and when you're stressed, what do I do? I compulsively eat not carrots. <laughs> so I compulsively eat like bread or something like that, right? So something that is not nutritious. And what ought to be a maintenance now becomes now a momentum. Instead of maintaining my physique 180 pound self, which hasn't been there for years, it's now a momentum plan of I got to lose 30 pounds so I can be here for my boys for the long for the long haul. So if you don't have a plan of maintenance, your life is a series of momentums and then success. Momentum is success. How many of you feel this in your house? <laughs> you you spend all day clean organizing your house. Ah, oh, it feels awesome, doesn't it? Like there's something about having a physical environment, having everything in its right place. Now you're creative, you're inspired, you're not, you're, you're, you're not cluttered with your eyes. And then three weeks later, it's a pit and you start all over again. It's been the whole day doing this. I know it's like Groundhog's Day, people. You do the same stuff. Why? Because you don't have a system in place to maintain your life. Systems keep you from having to have a number of things become momentums, your health, your relationships, your work, all these things. It is indispensable for happiness. It is indispensable for living the most real life possible because if you do not have a system, a powerful one that can help you maintain your life, there's no way on God's green earth that you're going to be able to be truly present to your environment, to the people around you, because there are going to be so many open loops, reminders all over the place about how your life is not how you want it. So I hope you see the importance of this. And there's small things you can do, small wins you can do right now. You don't have to implement my entire plan. This has been over years. And I don't follow this perfectly. And But when I do, things are phenomenal. So I hope this helps you. Now let's get into this idea of how to declutter our life in a maintenance mode. Okay? I've told you about these things. So it's all these things. What are the things in your life I want you to reflect upon right now that need a better sense of maintenance, that are feeling that they're, they're losing control? dating. I know when I was first dating my wife, I was absorbed with her, right? So I wouldn't do anything. So the rest of my relationships began to atrophy because I just completely immersed myself in her. I mean, and rightfully so. She's beautiful. She's incredible. So that's right. But it came at a sacrifice of my friends that they, they didn't see me for a while. And it created disproportionate expectations in my relationship, right? Instead of building a nice habit of seeing each other and all these great things, it becomes disproportionate. And there's, there's an expectation that I'm always there. She's always there for me. When that's not the case in reality, after a while, you kind of have to go back to a rhythm of life and see other people. 
than, than just the love of your life, right? So the all-nighters, the, the students I see that do video games nonstop until four in the morning, man, you got to get rid of this stuff, right? Because it, it destroys your life of maintenance, your hobbies, your work, right? So how do we create a good, solid plan of maintenance? So here's a solution. You need a system. I believe fundamentally that systems save, right? It sounds ridiculous. And for those of you who are not like me, type A, you're thinking, I'm turning it off. I'm an artist. Trust me, everyone lives by systems. Even spontaneous people, they do. I mean, there's a way you brush your teeth every morning. You might probably start with the upper right quadrant or the lower left one, but you have systems for everything because that's how we live. They're habits. Because when you have a system and it turns into a habit, then it frees your mind and your heart from energy to use it for other things. Could you imagine that if you had to focus on breathing every day of your life? Okay, breathe in, breathe out, and do that all the time. How exhausted you'd be just on focusing on breathing. Thankfully, you don't have to focus on it. It is a habit. There is a system in place to deal with this, right? Systems really do save. So let's talk about this just for a few minutes. It's big. I have now the, basically the five P's of maintenance. So principles, number one, what are principles? If you really want to maintain your life, you got to get a series of principles that govern your life. They're just value systems. I know one for me, my, one of my main principles, I have a series of them. I have a draft in this and I encourage you to get a, just a, a, a note anywhere on your, on your iPhone, on your Android, on your, on your computer or your PC or Mac, a note that just says principles and it's always in draft form. And whenever you learn something, it's like, this is the way I live. It's a life it's a life system, right? That one of my principles is that being precedes doing, right? This is my, my number one principles. And I've got to, and now you have sub things that you can, you can begin to outline what that means for you. But just that, that one principle is important for me, that I need time to be by myself. I need time to reflect, pray, meditate, journal, exercise by myself before I can actually do anything great. Being always precedes the principle that if I violate this principle, I will find myself in a bad situation. I will be not kind to people, not kind to myself, and not kind to my boys, right? Because I need this. So you need a series of principles. And then from these principles, you develop, not, or then there's policies. And policies are basically like life practices, right? These things that are like general life practices. They're not just these value systems that are high in the air. They're very particular policies that govern your life, right? When you might take vacation, right? That might be a policy for your family, for yourself. You create these so that you have a life that can be maintained. Because if you don't have these, you're probably thinking, this is already overwhelming. Don't worry. I'm going to give you a freebie that just a small checklist at the end that maybe three or four things you can start with to begin cultivating a 1% better life of maintenance. But if you don't have these in place on even a rudimentary level, just a little bit, itty bitty, right? that you just end up drifting through life, right? You just maintain your life, how it comes and how life comes to you. And this is why we find ourselves five years overwhelmed, uh, just declut- discluttered in our hearts and our minds and wondering, why am I not going anywhere? Because you don't have the systems to keep you accountable, to keep you on the road so you can maintain those things that are good in your life so that they can stay where they're at and then build momentum on top of that, right? Keep building on top of that. And then the third thing, so principles, policies, so family policies. I encourage, if you have a family, write these out as a family. 
What are your family principles? What are your policies? When do you go on vacation? How do you deal? How do you deal with communication? How do you the expectations on how the family should run or myself should run? Right? It doesn't have to be ten pages. It can be five bullet points. It can be three. It can be two, and you're already ninety percent better than the rest of the world. The third P are processes. Right? You have these principles of life. But then how do you engage them? What's the step-by-step process to engage them? Now you're thinking, this is getting boring as heck. Let me show you the importance of this, right? I am an avoidant. (laughs) My natural tendency is to avoid conflict, to avoid saying anything that disagrees with someone and then become passive aggressive. I need a step-by-step process that that I develop that tells me, okay, when I feel this way, first step, Matt, you got to go to your process checklist because you have to do this. And I make them very small and incremental. And I'm working on this even more now that it gives me an outline of, okay, you have the tension, you have the feeling. Here's a guide that you've created for yourself to help you gently check off the list to actually expose yourself to the person in a candid, honest, vulnerable way. And, it, and with a lot of explanation of knowing my tendencies to maybe react judgmentally or defensively. So in this process is that awareness and how you need to use these words, remember, right? This is indispensable because now I can begin to truly maintain my life the way I want to. This is why it's important. I have a principle. One of my principles is I want more than anything to be um, seen for who I am and to be allowed to be seen for who I am and allow other people to be seen for who they are. It's part of why my whole living the real concept of growing up and my, my, my experience of just not feeling like that if I, if, I, if I have a disagreement or I think something other than someone else, that I should keep my mouth shut so that I can save face and just keep harmony with the family. So I became a people pleaser. And it's not what I wanted to be. It's not what I want you to be. And so I want to be able to somehow learn, and it's so ingrained in my mind and my heart, this capacity of people, please don't share your emotions and then become passive aggressive, which destroys everything that I really desire to share my heart. And I can't do it. And so honestly, I need the, the principle that guides me like, this is what I'm striving for, authenticity, right? And, and then I have a process to help me in certain situations, kind of like ooch my way slowly towards that. Fourth one, performance, right? Part of the maintenance is performance, energy. Oh my gosh, it's hard going to bed late and getting up super early to work on side things. And I've got to find a way to get more energy because energy is indispensable for maintaining your life. If you're going to bed late and then getting up early or just having a bad rhythm, then there's no way you're gonna be able to maintain your life because you don't have the energy. It's one thing to have a process, great. But if you have no energy, this is why it's so much easier to get up in the morning and exercise, and not after work, when you've exhausted all of your mental fatigue, right? Your willpower is out, so you just go eat a candy bar and go home instead of work out. Whoa, terrible, right? So performance, how, what's your energy, your nutrition, your sleep, your exercise, your mental energy, right? Your emotional energy, your psychological energy. How do we actually increase and build better habits, right? To automate our lives. That's what habits are right? We know what our bad habits are. I'm stressed. I reach for a what? A candy bar. Bad habit. How do we begin to slowly change our habits? And habits are phenomenal. And there's so many great resources. Atomic Habits is a great book. I encourage you to read how really do habits are the gateway and the key to a fulfilled 
life. They are. Productivity, the last one. That's it. Productivity is the last big P. Accountability is a big one. Closing the gap between experience and expectation. This idea that in the context of productivity, we need to know who is doing what. What am I doing? Who is the other person? And have complete clarity of the boundaries. Because if we don't, then maintenance is impossible because then you do one thing, the other person does the same thing or does something different. There's not the expectations and then maintenance slowly slips away. It's important to have the gap between experience and expectations closed on yourself and within your business. And then technology, indispensable productivity. What systems do you have in place to help you know what you need to do next, right? So that in some sense, it's automated. You plan ahead the night before, you know what your top three things are. So then when you wake up in the morning, it's not that this is groggy, like, what should I do? What do I have to do? What's my next steps? What are my responsibilities? What's due? All these things, you don't have to think then. It's right there in front of you in the morning. So principles, policies, processes, performance, and productivity. The five P's of maintain your life. And this is indispensable. And it's a lot. And I'm giving you all this right now, but over the course of the weeks and the months, we're going to go deep into this, talk about people with people who've actually achieved enormous success by implementing these in some way, right? I'm thinking of Ray Dalio, read that book on principles and how his life was fundamentally changed by incorporating a whole system of principles to govern himself, his family, and his business to an enormous success. Again, we can't drift to success and fulfillment. It's done by intentionality. And we do this through changing our whole framework to look at life as be a moment of discovery and discover what life asks of us and to do that which gives us incredible value and contribution to the world. So I really encourage you to be able to pick one of these things out, whether it's automation, accountability, right? And, and begin to find a way to maintain your life. It could be as simple as finding your greatest pain point. What is the biggest pain point right now that's causing you to be so mentally, physically exhausted that you just can't get through life right now? And begin to, play, to, to plan a maintenance plan. It could be the relationship like the gentleman who emailed me from the LTR family. They're trying to get rid of the waste in his mental life about holding this resentment for what he doesn't even know until now. And now he's popped that bubble. And now he has more space in his life, a road to greater maintenance for his relationships to be strong and connected. Okay, I hope this helped you out. It's part of the three M's. Margin is really the most important. Momentum moves you forward. And maintenance, you gotta have a plan to maintain your life so that margin and momentum have an environment to thrive in. So what is your one thing you're gonna do right now this week to try to better maintain your life Look at that pain point. And if you want help, this was a lot. We're going to talk more about it over the coming weeks and months. Check out my checklist. So you can go to www.livingthereal.com slash maintenance checklist. Livingthereal.com slash maintenance checklist to download going through these five Ps and one or two uh, tasks that you can commit to right now to slowly 1% move you towards a better maintenance of your life for better fulfillment so you can live the most real life possible. Okay, that's it. We'll see you in a couple weeks with episode number 10. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Living the Real. If you want to check out more information, go to livingthereal.com and sign up for my newsletter. If you want to support this podcast, you do that at patreon.com slash LTR, as well as one-time payments at Venmo and PayPal in the show notes. See you all next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Before you head off, I just have one small favor to ask of you. If there's anybody in your life you can think of, two people that might really could use this Living the Real podcast, would you share it with them this week? I'd greatly appreciate it. Somebody in your life like, man, they could just use a deeper perspective, right? Maybe a calling to a bigger purpose, or maybe they just need a better plan in their life. Share with them. Give them the hope that they need to be able to get out of whatever they need to get into, to be inspired to do something great. So if you can think of two people in your life right now who could use a little bit more of a realness in their week, please share it with them. Take care. Bye-bye.